Go. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm very excited to talk board games. I'm a big uh, board game player, so it's it's great cuz with the pandemic, I mean, my girlfriend and I have played quite a bit cuz it's, you know, something different than just binge watching TV, but I haven't really got to like play or talk about board games with other people in a long time, so I'm excited to do that. Oh, definitely. And I, and part of it has become niche, but I think also, like, there's been a challenge to what is a normal board game. Like, forever people out of, like, Monopoly and stuff like that. It's like, that's the standard game everyone has. But now I feel like more stuff is kind of getting introduced to the general population where you don't have to just play Monopoly. <laughs> Yeah, we've all we've all done it. Uh, I brought what has become my favorite in the last few years, and that is the board game Splendor. It's a great game. I hadn't heard of it until I went over to my brother's house because I live away from all my family, my immediately family these days. And when I was back home visiting, he wanted to have me over just to like hang out and play games. And uh, we played Splendor and I was like, I need to get this game immediately. <laughs> this is something that I want to play again and again and again. So part of it is I'm a, I'm a sucker for board games that have nice pieces to them, um, like very high quality aesthetics. And like there's these tokens in the game that are thick and they just feel so good to handle. Um, the art on the cards is really beautiful. That's kind of what like initially got me interested with it. But every time I play it, because you you are in direct competition with other players, but not really in a way that that is very apparent kind of from the get-go. Like, you're doing your own thing, and as the game goes on, you start to interact and pay attention more to what other people are doing. Um, but it just, it, it engaged me in a way that other board games don't, and it seems so slow at first, and then it, like, picks up very rapidly. Um, and it's a game that changes in huge ways when you're playing with two people, up to playing with four people because strategy is totally different when you bring in that number of people. It's just such a dynamic game that seems so maybe simple and maybe even maybe a little boring on paper, but when you're playing it, it's so much fun and it's so dynamic and it's, it's a great game. Yeah. Yeah, I have board games that I love that 
we'll still have to stop in the middle of our 12th playthrough of it and be like, well, hold on, let me go check the, the rules real quick just to make sure we're doing this right. I haven't yet, no. I want to get them. Um, I've heard good things about them, but I, I will say it's not one of these ones where it's like, oh, the, the board game really only kicks in once you have the expansions. Like, I could never play with the expansions and still love this game, um, but I would like to play them just because I'm curious to see what ways it augments and adds to the rules. Exactly, yeah. Right, right. Like, I have the, the game uh, Marvel Legendary, which is a great deck-building game, but that game, even when you have the base of it, there's still uh, one of, like, the main expansions really helps a lot of the stuff of the game click together, and you can play the normal without it just fine, but I like I like games that just, like, when you pick it up out of the box, it's like, okay, everything you need to really enjoy it is just right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also with video games, like Game of the Year, I have—I honestly have no idea what wins Game of the Year because every game comes out with a Game of the Year edition, no matter, I feel like, if it won a Game of the Year or not, where you're right, like with board games, I don't know how many of these have won awards or what, but I know that Splendor has, and uh, deservedly so. <laughs> and it also, uh, yeah, there's also a Steam version, I believe, as well. Yes. <laughs> Oops.
Yeah, Tabletop Simulator, you won't necessarily get the rules, but there's a lot of games people have built into that one. do it mm -hmm. Yeah, I have yet to see it turn the tide of a game because you can theoretically, you know, if somebody lands at 15 and then you still have one turn to go around, you could, you know, get to 16 and be the winner of the game. I have yet to see that happen, but it is always kind of an exciting dynamic when that 15 is reached and it's like, okay, well, you stopped the game, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you win the game. So they are just points. Um, and the way that you get points, there's two ways. Um, we talked about the cards earlier, and there's three rows of cards, and the cards will have a cost on them. And this is initially when you're getting the, what you're getting those gems for. So there's like rubies, sapphires, um, onyx, just to make it easier, I'll talk in terms of color so people know kind of what I'm speaking about. Um, so say like on that base level, that these are the, the bottom level uh, development cards. Those ones will typically be, you know, they'll be like one red, one blue, one black, or it'll be like three blue. You know, they'll be pretty simple and pretty easy to buy. Those ones will have pretty much no points associated with them. Uh, the second and third level, those are a bit more expensive. And once you start getting these development cards, so let's say, and all the development cards as well, 
um, have their own color associated with them. So let's say you buy one of the black cards. Well, now you have a permanent black. And so when you're buying stuff going forward, you can factor that into the cost. If you're looking at a card that is going to cost you two black and you have a black card and a black token, you meet the black requirements for that, uh, for purchasing that card. And then the, the second and third level development cards will have numbers printed on them, which are the points. And that's where you get most of your points in the game. The nobles themselves are each all about four points, I believe. And when you meet the requirements in a, a noble comes and visits you. I love that that's the way they phrase it. Cause I just imagine like this noble guy coming into your house and being like, I live here now. Um, but if they show up, they show up, you get, you get four points there. So those, those are, are big for like the big leaps and bounds as far as, as far as point getting goes. Well, because you're only allowed to do one thing per turn, there's not really like a, a inherent cost to the cards as far as like using it. Um, once you have a card, whatever it's associated color with is now permanent to you. The first level development cards, the, they, they're the ones that have the lower cost. You will be buying those with the gems that were talked about earlier. The, the game always starts with people taking gem tokens and then upgrades to people buying cards as time goes on. The second and third level development cards are almost always impossible to buy with tokens because of like the sheer number of uh, cost and also because other people playing are going to be taking some of those tokens. So you're going to want to build up your own uh, your own set of cards, your own store, so that you have more purchasing power to buy those higher level. And the ones at higher levels as well, they don't give you more in terms of like what you get. So like a, a green card bought from the third level, the highest level isn't like, well, now it's a green card worth, you know, five green. It's still a green card of one, but it's probably going to have a point value of like five. So that's where the advantage of that is. But each card only represents one purchasing power and they can be used, you know, however many times. And that's why there's not like a, cause there's not a, a discard portion of the game. So that's why when cards run out, they just run out because that means they are owned by everybody. I've seen it happen once. You'll, you'll typically, depending on how many people you're playing with, you're playing with four people, it's very likely you'll at least get very close to running out the first deck. Um, but I've never seen the second or third deck get close to being emptied out if people are buying up the third level of cards like the game is almost over or or when somebody buys a third level card that means like i now have enough points to end this
<laughs> yeah, nope. The cards are just their points and they are purchasing power. That is all there is to them. There's no, uh, there's none of that stuff of like, well, you can force someone to skip a turn or you get extra bonus points for this, this, or that. Like everybody is on very even playing ground and it stays that way. The only thing that propels you ahead is your own planning and adaptability. Um, it, it'll be something that it will factor in a bit, maybe more is going on. You like, you'll see like, okay, this person is buying up a lot of green and it could just be, they're just buying up a lot of green because that's just kind of what is working out for them. Or it could be like, Hey, they're trying to buy this higher level development card and it costs like seven green. So they're trying to, to buy a bunch of green up to make that a lot easier for them. It really, it can be very hard to tell if your opponent has a strategy or if they're just kind of winging it because I've been in both positions myself. And some days you are just like, I'm just going to start playing and halfway through the game, maybe I'll, I'll find a path. Um, I mean, aside from being the sucker for all the really nice pieces in the art, I think it's, it's as well, well, also because like the pieces kind of tell the story, like the cards. So like the first level development cards are like the means of getting these, uh, getting these stones. So they're mines. And the second level is like, that's like the transportation systems. Sorry. The second level is like the transportation systems. And then like the third level is like the artisans and stuff like that. So I kind of like the the story being told there through the cards. There's not really a story to the game. But uh, one thing I really love about it as well is that you'll be playing and, you know, the game will just be going along. Everybody will be taking turns. And then you'll look over and suddenly you'll be like, wait, wait a second, that person has 12 points. Like the game seems like it's not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden it is. And it kicks in in this way that I, I just find very interesting and exciting because it's so casual at its beginning. And then once the, the point scoring really starts ramping up, it gets a lot more competitive and cutthroat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's something as well 
um, with when I was talking about kind of like the ease of the game starting out, I think that also makes it really easy to teach it to new people and bring new people into the game. Because we've all had those games where our friends are like, hey, I'm going to show you this new game I really like. And they know the mechanics so well that as soon as it starts out, you're at a disadvantage because you're barely learning how the basics of the game works and they're doing these like advanced tactics. And this is a game where you can look at those higher levels and get an idea of like, okay, I'm going to go for that red card. So I need to start building up towards that. But really starting out, everyone is at the, like, just at the very same level and there's no inherent advantage to knowing the rules of the game or just learning it right as you're now playing. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. I mean good good luck with that your poor wallet. Uh but <laughs> yeah, the initial strategy when you're when you're playing no matter what level you're at is just like what's the first card you want to buy and what tokens do you need to get those? That's all you got to worry about when you're when you're playing your first few rounds. Oh, absolutely. Everybody should play it. I come over to my house. We'll play it right now. Uh, my address is... No, I'm not going to give out my address on this podcast. Yep, if you can find me, you can play me. <laughs> the real game is on now. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I love getting to spread the word of Splendor. People can find me. Just look me up on Twitter and Instagram, Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z. Uh, you'll find all the other stuff I'm working on, the podcasts that I do, all the links and the stuff will be there. So like, hit me one more time, movie, go around. You can find it all from just general social media following.
All right.